Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast. In case you missed it, on Tuesday, I announced that the podcast has changed focus, and now we're talking all about podcasting. Um, And if you want to win a $15 gift card to Amazon, Starbucks, or any other place of your choosing, make sure to leave a rating review and screenshot your rating and review um, and send it to podcast at SavvyPodcastAgency.com. And you have until Thursday, September 12th to leave your review and then submit the email to us. So good luck. And I'm actually here today with Andrea Jones for the first guest episode of the new season and the new podcast and all that good stuff. So Andrea is fiercely committed to helping businesses and podcasters build profitable communities online through simple social media solutions. Named one of Social Report's top marketers to follow in 2019, Andrea's passion for keeping social media simplified shines through for her full-service clients and students, as well as her on her podcast, The Savvy Social Podcast. So I'm super excited to chat with her today and just dive into her podcast, what's working, what isn't, all that good stuff. So let's just dive right in. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive into this episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Yeah. So my business started in 2014. I'm a social media strategist and I really like helping businesses and podcasters build social media strategies that work for them that also help them kind of get to their goals, whether that be listeners or profitability. Um, And I started my podcast in 2018, in uh, June of that year. And I'd been working with podcasters for quite a few years. I'm an old school YouTuber, so I knew that the value of audio is great. And then plus with podcasting, I don't have to like put on my makeup and stuff. So it's still a lot of fun to create content that way. Yeah, that is probably one of the big reasons why I started a podcast. I was like kind of contemplating between podcasting and video. And I was like, whoa, I don't have to like have a pretty background or put on makeup or get out of my pajamas. So like, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like less of a production, but it's still really valuable. Um, and I totally agree with that. I mean, I think podcasting is such a good medium and I can't imagine like what life would be like if I didn't get into this like a year and a half ago. I can't, I just, I don't know what I would do. I'm sure I would still be blogging, but it's just such a good medium. And as an introvert, I feel like it's a great way for me to put my expertise out there, but without like being petrified and nervous on video. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So other than kind of like wanting to, you know, be able to show up and give your expertise in your PJs, um, why did you start your podcast? Like what was your core reasoning 
Yeah. I find that the subject of social media, there's so many conflicting pieces of advice out there. And so I started blogging about these topics and I found the blogs to be really hard to write. They were coming off super generic. They were coming off like anything you could just Google. And so starting the podcast for me was a way to share my message and my story in a way that it comes across authentically. It's my voice. I wanted to feel like people are sitting down and just chatting with me. Okay, here's what you should do, or here's what I recommend, and here's what I've seen with my clients. Um, And so I think podcasting is such a great way to share your story and share your message in a way that people can just easily connect with you because they can take it on the go. It's not like a blog where they have to read it, or it's not like a YouTube video where they have to look at it. With podcasting, you could take it anywhere on the commute, uh, while you're washing dishes, while you're doing laundry. And so that's such a powerful place to be. And as a business owner and a creator, that's where I want to be. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a really great point because yeah, video, it's like, okay, you can listen to it, but like if your phone, if you shut your phone and it goes to the black screen, then the video turns off. So it doesn't really work out that way. And same with like a blog, like you can't just like really multitask when you're reading a blog either. And I think that's really cool about it. And I, I love the point about it kind of being more like, casual and authentic because you know when you're writing a blog yeah obviously you don't want to write like super jargony so that you know you're you're able to appeal to search engines too but you also don't want to like sound like a robot either and I think with podcasting you're able to really put your authentic flair and you know talk to people kind of BFF style that's how I like to describe my podcast so I think that's really cool to be able to put your own voice into it versus just like when you're blogging and you kind of have to stick to a little bit more rigid of a format so that you are appealing to search engines as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even now, I mean, podcasting is such an evolving space. It's up and coming. And so um, hopefully there will be opportunities for that still to be found in search engines and that sort of thing. But then also it's your voice. People don't feel like you're, you know, being super like stuffy. I feel like I can just be so much more casual on my podcast. Exactly. Yeah. That's like my favorite part too, because I definitely don't write like I talk. Um, I obviously write a little more formal and it's not always the most exciting, you know, it just kind of sounds corporate and boring, but I think with podcasting, you can really put your own flair on it. And that's like the most exciting part to me. And I would love to be able to find podcasts better through search engines. Um, I, I was talking the other day about how they need like a Google analytics type of thing for podcasts. Cause right now it's like, okay, yeah, I'm like getting listeners from Spotify or Stitcher or Google play or whatever, but you don't actually know how they found you on those apps. Like, was it social media? Did they find you on Google? Like, where did they find you on those apps? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so neat. Right? I was like, someone can take this idea because I'm not good at anything like that. But here, I'm releasing this out into the world and you guys can take it if you're good at something like that. But it's just something that would be so necessary because it's like, it's cool to know that your people are finding you on Spotify, but like, how did they stumble upon you on Spotify? Like, was it, did they type it in? Were they just randomly browsing on Spotify? Who knows? Like, I think that would be really cool to know because, you know, with Google Analytics, you can see people came directly from Pinterest or something. So I think that would be really awesome, um, you know, to eventually have more in-depth analytics out of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I know you kind of do a mix of like solo and interviews on your podcast. 
Um, but how often do you put out new episodes and you know, what's kind of your format for that? Do you do like a solo and then an interview or do you kind of mix it up? Yeah. So I'll say that the best thing for my show has been to use Airtable to organize it because the first 20 episodes are just random in a random order. It's just like whatever I was feeling like. If I had an interview, great. I'd post the interview. If I had a solo episode to do, then I'd just do that. Um, but now I have, um, mostly it's every other. So every other week is either a solo episode or interview episode. And I post episodes every Thursday. Um, and again, I have it planned out in Airtable and I actually just finished recording my interviews for the rest of the year. So 2019 interviews are done. So I just have to go in and record the every other. Um, the only difference is I'm going to be taking some time off in December. So the month of December, I'll have all interview episodes um, just so that I don't have to record any solo episodes because those do take a lot more time for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's every other episode, interview and solo episode style. Yeah, I love that. I love the mix because I think it's interesting to hear like, you know, your solo perspective and then also what your guest has to say. And also I love Airtable and I definitely use it for mine as well. It is such a good resource because you're able to keep track of everything. I even like keep track of my downloads. Like, you know, I'll take them straight from my host and put them in there too. So I can see at a glance, like what each episode has gotten in terms of downloads to see like what's the most popular. Um, and I think that's, you know, using, having a workflow is really, really important. So how did you kind of figure out like that you needed a workflow and, you know, what about that kind of thing? Like, how did you decide like, Oh, Airtable, I need this. Like I need to be more organized. Yeah. It was probably like, um, November of last year, 2018. So I'd been doing the podcast for almost six months and I sat down to record and I just didn't feel like producing any content. I mean, it happens to the best of us, right? But it was like the day before I was supposed to be recording the podcast. And so I felt like this weird obligation to create content, but I wasn't feeling inspired. I had no idea what I wanted to talk about because I hadn't planned topics or anything. Um, and I was talking to my friend, Lainey Lamar, and she just launched her course on Airtable. And she was telling me that I need to use Airtable to organize everything. And actually starting that organization process inspired me because I could put down all of my ideas and it didn't feel like um, I didn't have any ideas because I had them all written down. Um, and then I felt inspired to record. When it came time to record, I didn't have to decide what to do because I had already made that decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that is so key. And that's something I tried to implement from the beginning. I didn't use Airtable from the beginning, but I definitely had some type of system because it gets really overwhelming because there's a lot of moving pieces, not only just with what you're going to be recording, but like after the fact, because there are not everyone outsources every single aspect. So, you know, there's a lot that you need to do and keeping it organized is really, really key. So I think that's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like one of the things as creatives or if you're going into this as a creative person or even as a business, I think we over think about the inspiration side. Like we think we'll just sit down and all of these amazing things will just come pouring out into the mic. And more often than not, it takes a lot more planning than we originally thought. Um, and so I think, you know, having, giving yourself that space to plan will produce a better show. Totally. Yeah. I know when I first started, I sat down and I, 
I didn't write anything and it turned out like, you know, I went to record and it just did not, <laughs> did not sound that great. Cause it was just like, you know, and I think it needs to be like, I appreciate the whole authentic BFF style type thing, of course, but it was just straight up like word vomit, random stuff. So I think having like kind of like an organization and a format, at least kind of knowing a little bit about what you're going to talk about, not necessarily like writing down full sentences, but maybe some bullet points or something really helps kind of refine things too. So you're not just kind of word vomiting with whatever you feel like. Yeah. An outline totally helps me. Like I, my very first episodes, I wrote down every single word, which is extreme. Like I don't think that that's necessary, but definitely the outline helps keep me on track and helps keep certain quotes or specific things that I want to kind of um, touch base on at some point in the episode. Totally. So I know you mentioned you're, you just wrapped up recording for the rest of this year. We are mid-August, so that, I mean, yeah, kind of early mid-August. So that's pretty impressive. So do you do batching or any other types of things, or how often do you record with your guests? Yeah, so I do batching. Um, this, again, is new, but thank you, Airtable. <laughs> I feel like this turned into an Airtable ad. But um, yeah, I do batch the episode. So I batch the interview portion so that when it comes time to just I have like a pre-roll that I record that has like little updates and things. And that's where I read like the intro or the bio for my guest. Um, so I re- usually record those probably maybe a two weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual interviews are record well, recorded well in advance. So we're recording this in August and I already have the rest of the year done. Um, the solo episodes are a little less regimented, um, but I do try to at least get a few weeks ahead uh, because I... There, I mean, I'm human, right? We're all humans and sometimes I, do, I don't feel inspired. And so... I try to create space for myself to record those episodes. Um, And then also I have dogs, so I have to like try to record them in moments where I think they will be less frisky. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I do the same thing. So I actually just started implementing like two week batch weeks, like two weeks full of batch recording with guests for about once a quarter. So um, not as good as some people. Some people only batch record like twice a year. I don't, I think that's a little extreme and I think I'd be exhausted if I tried to do that many episodes into like such a short period of time. But I think it's really helpful. And I mean, so far it seems like it's going to be really great to just pump out 20 episodes in a two week period and then not have to worry about it um, until a couple months from now where I'm like, okay, I need more content because I'm almost through all these guest episodes. Yeah. And the great thing about podcasting is you can plan it around your lifestyle and whatever you have going on. So for me, I could do the interviews really quickly, but I don't, I could not do solo episodes that far in advance. So I only really have half of my episodes recorded for the rest of the year. Um, the solo episodes just take a lot more planning and I just, you know, my, I'm busy with helping my clients and things. So, um, you know, I can plan that though around my lifestyle. And, um, I think that's the great thing about podcasting is that you don't, there's no right way to do it. Um, no wrong way to do it. Just kind of do what works for you. I totally agree. And that's funny. I'm the same way. Like I'll batch record guest episodes all day long. And I'm like, Oh wait, still need to do my solo episodes. And for me, it's not even like that they require a lot of thought. I mean, they do, but it's just like, I don't have to rely on someone else's schedule. So I feel like I can do them, you know, less strategically. And then it ends up being one of those things. I'm like, Oh crap. Like I'm releasing an episode on Tuesday and I haven't 
recorded a solo episode. So this is kind of not a good idea, but yeah, it's like one of those things is just you think that you don't need to kind of schedule those in with yourself and then you get down to it and you're like, whoops, like don't have an episode for Tuesday. And that's when my guests or my solo episodes typically go out. So yeah, I think I need to get better about batching my solo ones as well. Not necessarily as much, like not 20 solo episodes because that sounds really intense, but at least like, you know, once a month recording the entirety of the episodes for um, the solo episodes, just to make it better. And my mind is like more focused versus, oh no, I forgot to record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's not a good feeling. (laughs) No, not at all. So let's kind of shift gears into your podcast and kind of what's working, what's not. So I wanted to first ask, what do you feel is working best in your podcast right now? This can be pretty much anything like, you know, your workflow, your, like if you're getting a lot of leads from a podcast, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's working best right now is I feel like that I, I have this ability to um, be so, I guess, organically authentic. Oh, I hate that word authentic because it's such a buzzword now, but I do feel like I have the ability to connect with my audience in a way that I've never done before. Um, previous to podcasting, I was doing YouTube, but it was a little random. Um, and I was doing some blogs. Those were random. Um, but this podcasting thing I've been doing consistently for a year and a half. And so that consistency just allows me so much space to connect with my audience in a way that I haven't done before, um, which is really, really interesting. And I, I just love that I can show up for them every single week. Um, so that's that's been a really powerful like win for me for the show. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's a big one because I am the same way. Like with blogging, I was kind of consistent and then I would fall off and then I'd get back and then I'd fall off. But with podcasting, I feel like I've never missed a week with podcasting unless it's like I'm taking a break. Like last December, I took a two or three week break, but that was like planned. But other than that, I have not missed a single episode release date. And that feels really good because that was not how it was for blogging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like the one chance that I've gotten, I feel like I'm really knocking out of the park for the consistency thing. I will say having an editor definitely helps. So having a team. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, because all you have to do is record and then they take care of the rest. Yeah, um, because I I couldn't do this without that. Um, But yeah, that's been a win for me. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And now kind of let's talk about the other side of things. So what is a failure that failure that you've had with your podcast? If any, not everyone has failures and that's perfectly fine. And if you had one, what did you learn from it? One of the challenges has been with the guests. So I, um, I think that it's so important to make sure that you have good guests on your show every single week because I've had a few that just aren't as impactful um, and they just, maybe they just are feeling shy or um, maybe they don't have enough stories in the bank or they don't have any tips and tricks that are helpful for my audience. And so those are some of the things where I didn't figure out until after the interview and I was like, well, I'll just post it anyways. And those are like the lowest performance performing episodes consistently. Other episodes where I knew that it wouldn't resonate as well with the audience. And so for me, um, actually part of this kind of recording through the end of the year for me was to look at next year, 2020, because I see that as such a growing year for the, the show. Um, you know, I'll be two years into the show by that point. 
and I want to have really impactful guests. And the like, my guests don't have to have a million social media followers. I know it's a sh- social media podcast. It doesn't have to be all about social media. What I want to hear is people who have good stories. I want to interview people who have something of value to add, even if it's just, you know, hey, here's how I use Instagram and here's how it's impacted my business or here's how I'm able to create more. Here's how I was able to get a sponsor. Like those are the types of things that my audience is looking for. Um, And so it's really, really important for me to do that. So one of the things that I've done is just beefed up my intake form. Um, So if someone is uh, asking to book on the show now, I ask them those questions on the form because if they can't fill it out on the form, at least in like bullet points, they're probably not going to be a good guest. Totally. I love that. And I, I've, I think we've all have interviews like that where just like you like you go through it and you're like okay this is okay and then like later on you're like I don't know if this is going to be a good one and then of course you post it because you feel bad and you don't want to scrap interviews because you know that was your time and their time that you put out there and then you go to post it and it doesn't get the downloads that you're expecting and it's, it's hard you're not expecting but you kind of expect the low downloads and then it proves you right so you're just kind of like okay like I, I totally get that and I've had interviews where I was like I don't even know if I want to post this and I end up doing it anyway and it's just not not always the best but I feel guilty if I don't post it so I love that like about kind of making your intake form a little more intentional and a little more strategic so that you can kind of weed out those people who don't really have much to say in terms of tips and tricks or even stories. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the other thing is, um, beefing up my pitching. So just being more intentional about pitching the right people to be on the show, like people who I see doing the right things on social media um, and just being proactive and not just saying yes to all of, you know, people I know asking me to be on the show. Um, So what I do now too, if someone asks to be on the show, I have a wait list, which I do confer when I need um, to book someone on the show. But for the most part, the wait list is like, okay, for people who I, I'm not sure if they're going to be a good fit, yeah. I don't have to say no. I can put them on the wait list. That's a really good idea because then you don't feel like inclined to like accept them because you don't want to say no and look like a jerk. So I think that's a really good way to kind of like, okay, you know, this, this is interesting, but I'm not sure if it's the right fit. So here's the wait, like here's my wait list. Um, and then if you end up finding someone from the wait list that is actually a good fit then you can pull from that if you need to as well. So that's a really good way to go about it. Um, I am in the camp of, I ignore pitches in my inbox if I don't really think they're a good fit when I don't think that's a good idea either. I just, I just never knew how to respond to it without feeling kind of rude about it. Yeah, it does feel because they're asking like a big thing from you um, yeah. and they're putting themselves out there. So I just created like um, a Google, Google Gmail has that thing where you can do canned emails. Yes. So I just typed it once and then I just, I just paste that canned email in there so I don't have to think about it. That's so smart. Now my kind of excuse is like, well, you don't have a podcast and that's my new direction and I'm only talking to podcasters. So now it's easy to like say that, but it was hard like when I had like, topics about everything that was business related um, to turn people away. So now it's a lot easier than just like, well, I don't, I see you don't have a podcast. So I'm only interviewing podcasters or people who have really good input about podcasting. And yeah, so it's easier now, but it, it was a struggle for a while. I would just like ignore them in my inbox and that I feel guilty about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a really good tip. Um, so guys, if you don't want to turn someone down, 
but you also don't want to give them an automatic yes, definitely implement a wait list. I mean, it's not unheard of to have a wait list. People always want to be guests on podcasts anyway. So it's not going to be like shocking to someone that you filled up your roster, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So where do you find that you're currently getting your listeners from? I mean, I know podcast hosts do not make that easy to track, but do you feel like they're coming from like social media, SEO, or, you know, something like that? Yeah. So the, I would say there's two places. The first place is social media, um, just because it is what I do and I'm on social all the time. Um, but the second place is actually podcast guesting. So being on amazing shows just like this one really helps me get more podcast listeners because if someone's listening to this podcast, they probably like podcasts in general. So they're much more likely to head on over to my podcast um, if they if they find what I'm talking about interesting. Um, so one of the biggest like changes that I made this year is to just show up more on podcasts. And I find that it's such an easy way for me to just um, kind of share my expertise because it's just me talking about what I already know. Whereas, you know, guest blogging or doing a webinar requires are so much more prep time, I can just pretty much show up for a podcast and start talking. And that's usually um, a good way for me to kind of share what I know. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think it's, it's really easy. And I always notice like the days that I am on someone else's podcast that my own numbers jump, even if I haven't released a new episode. And obviously, our podcast hosts or podcast hosts in general don't really make that easy to track. But that's usually what I attribute it to because I'm just like, okay, well, I didn't release a new episode. I was posted as a guest on this other episode. So that must be why I jumped up, you know? So yeah, I think that's a really good way. And then obviously social media, I feel like that's a great way too. So if you guys are not utilizing social media or your podcast effectively, um, definitely get on that because I think that's one of the best ways to grow other than guesting on other people's podcasts because you're able to tap into a new audience um, because if you're just relying on being found by people on Apple Podcasts or something, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Okay, so how do you convert your listeners into clients or customers? Um, do you have like ad segments or do you, you know, that that um, talk about your services or do you convert people to like email subscribers or how do you go about doing that? Yeah. So there's a few ways that I do this. Um, The first way is through my free Facebook group, which is on kind of like my end cap of the show. I don't know what that's technically called, but uh, at the end of my show, I say, if you like the show, join us in the free Facebook group. Um, So it's part of my funnel. So in the Facebook group, I'm always talking about my program, which is the Savvy Social School, um, which is primarily the people who are listening to the show are good candidates for that. Um, The other ways I do that is I have uh, before the interview or the main segment of solo episodes, I will talk about updates in the Savvy Social School. Um, Because it is a membership site, I'm constantly updating it. And because as you know, social media is constantly changing, there's always things to update. Um, So whenever I have an update for the school, there's a new training or um, new done for you post or something like that, I'll make sure to talk about it. Um, And we have new trainings live trainings every single month. So every month I have an excuse to say, Hey, we have this live training. You should join my program. 
Outside of that, I do mention it often just in my solo episodes or in interviews with people, um, you know, talking about, you know, oh yeah, you know, I have a client who did this or, oh, we're just learning this topic in the Savvy Social School. Like I try to interweave it into the show. Um, and then some episodes I do create lead magnets for them. Um, so it just depends on the topic of the episode. I'm very much inspired by Amy Porterfield's podcast where she creates a lead magnet for every single episode, which I don't have the bandwidth to do right at this moment. (laughs) But um, I do create lead magnets for specific episodes as well to get people on my list. Um, And then that way I can continue to kind of give them updates on the show. And also anytime I have new things for the school or I have promotions, they're getting those emails as well. That's awesome. And I think that's really good. I think because, you know, some people just do like random ad segments and things like that promoting their product or service or their email list or whatever. But I think like kind of tapping into a bunch of different places is really helpful because you're able to reach different people because not, you know, some people fast forward through ad, ad segments or, you know, things like that. So you're able to kind of interweave it into the content directly so that you're able to you know, people aren't going to fast forward through the actual episode part, you know? So yeah. And people, yeah. And I have a sponsor of the show. Uh-huh. And so I do already have an ad that I read at the beginning. It's, yeah. I try to keep it to 10 seconds. Like I don't want it to be in your face right. um, because I am one of those people. There's a few podcasts that I love listening to, but the first 30 minutes are ads. So I just keep skipping until I get to the good part. Right. I get it. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something you want to hear all the time, especially like when people have it inundated with ads and you're like, okay, I love the show, but the ads are a little out of control. And I, I listen to some like that and I'm just like, okay, I understand you need to make money, but yeah, this is a little much for me personally, but mm-hmm. okay. So when it comes to retention for those people that are listening to your show, kind of, how do you do that? How do you keep those people listening and wanting to come back for more? One of the things I started doing recently with the guest interviews is um, I'll actually start like at the beginning of the show, I'll give highlights, say, okay, we're going to talk to this guest. Here's what they're all about. And I'll say, here's some of the things we'll talk about. And you'll want to say to the end, because we have this great tip or whatever about LinkedIn at the end of the episode. And so I think that really helps with retention. Um, I don't, it's hard to track. Like we talked about that. It's hard to track. I know with Apple podcasts, you can see some of where people are falling off. Um, But I think that having some of those elements kind of like teasing it will help people listen all the way through to the end. Um, The other things I've noticed is just length of the show. So um, my shows are fairly short. The interview episodes are 20 to 30 minutes and the solo episodes are 10 to 15 minutes. I notice if I go over that, my numbers start dropping off drastically. Um, People just don't have time. My people just don't have time to listen to episodes longer than that. So I really do keep it short and punchy and I just try to get to the point as quickly as possible. Yeah, I do the exact same thing because I think like, you know, unless it's something super interesting. So for example, I'm a true crime addict and I'm like, okay, this is an hour and a half. I'm listening. I need to know what is happening. Um, but you know, with some business podcasts, if it's that long, 
I don't think it's really necessary. I think you can get really good juicy information without it being extremely long because I think that ends up putting a lot of fluff in it if it's an hour and a half and you know, it can actually probably be 30 to 45 minutes or something. So I, I love that. I think that's really, really key. And I love the tip about, um, kind of telling them what's to come in the episode. And then like, if you stick around, you'll get this really awesome tip about X, Y, Z. I think that's really good too, because you know, people know what they're in for, but they don't necessarily know what the tip is. You're not giving it all the way at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like a commercial. Yeah, exactly. But like less, less cheesy and forced. <laughs> Love it. Cool. So what is your favorite tool that you use in your business and bonus points if it's something that actually helps you with your podcast? Okay, so my all-time favorite tool right now also happens to be a sponsor of the show is Social Report. It's a social media scheduling tool, and so it helps me stay on top of making sure that my podcast episodes are being shared out at the right time, and I can track things like how many people click the link from those specific episodes. So that's helpful. I know it's kind of hard to, to tell where people are coming in from, but I can see how many people are clicking my links when I post them on social media. So that's very helpful to just kind of pair it up to how many downloads that episode got. Um, and then my second favorite tool is Headliner. It's an audiogram creation app. So audiograms are little audio video kind of little snippets of your show that you can post on social media. And I think they're so great for new users and new listeners who don't know what your show is about. You're kind of giving them a little sample before they go and download your show. So those are my two favorite tools right now. Yes. I, lo I love the headliner app. It's so helpful and it's fun because you know, you can give people a snippet of what the episode's about without like giving away all the goods and then entice them. And it's just fun, a fun way to mix up your different postings on social media and stuff versus just being like, um, static posts on the feed. So I think that's really cool. And I've heard good things about social report from you and others. And it's something that I actually haven't used, even though I'm a former social media manager, but it's something that I'm definitely interested in exploring. So I'll have to go and check that out because I'm always looking for new social media tools because even though I'm not doing that anymore, I'm still all about efficiency and good tools. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we spend so much time on social media anyway. So anything I can do to automate that process, but still keep it real, I'm all for it. Right. I, I feel that a hundred percent. And then lastly, what is your current favorite podcast? This can be anything. It doesn't have to be business related or anything, but just like the podcasts that you are consuming all the time. Okay. I have a few different categories for this one. So I'm going to try to be specific. Um, so my favorite business podcast right now is the What Works podcast by Tara McMullen. Okay. She's such a brilliant host and the topics that she talks about are so, they're so needed. I feel like in today's world, we talk a lot about like um, getting to seven figures and having uh, 10, you know, 10 figure launches or whatever. I don't know what the extremes are these days, but I feel like she keeps it real and it's like real businesses, real challenges, real solutions. Um, and then I really, so I feel like sometimes I can be pretty like basic, I don't know, skincare, fashion, beauty. I really love the Skinny Confidential podcast. Um, it's called the Him and Her Show. And it, they're just like, it's a couple that runs the show. It's just so funny. Their banter is funny. And then their guests are epic. Um, and they just talk about everything, life, business, all sorts of topics. Um, and then the last one's mental health category. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, but 
This is the 10% Happier podcast by Dan Harris. Um, I just love that podcast is about meditation. I've been really into meditating lately. Um, and I find that mental health is just such an important, important topic. And it's the foundation of like every single successful person just has it together, you know, as far as like believing in themselves and feeling confident and, um, you know, all of that stuff that goes along with success. So it's been something that's definitely been a focus of mine. So I like listening to other successful people and how they meditate and how they handle and navigate this whole world of mental health. Those are all awesome recommendations. I've heard of the first two, but not the third. So I'll have to go check that out because I'm always looking for more podcasts to listen to. And um, I'm already like running out of space on my phone because my husband and I did not get the upgraded ones. (laughs) So I'm like constantly having to reevaluate like what I'm listening to. So I don't run out of space, but I'll have to give it a listen and see if that's one that I can keep on my um, homepage of podcasts. So yeah, um, just tell everyone where we can find you. So your podcast, your website, your social channels, all that good stuff. Yeah. So check out the show. It's called the Savvy Social Podcast and it's everywhere where you can listen to podcasts. And then I'm online everywhere else at online Drea. Um, I spend most of my time on Instagram, but I'm on all social media. So at online Drea anywhere else. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 115. Make sure to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. See you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.